Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast, The Final Whistle, brought to you by the Down to Play app. <laughs> Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. to episode 22 of The Final Whistle with myself, Nathan Sherritt, Ant Canavan and Martin Cassidy. And today we're really delighted to be joined by the Referee Development Manager from North Ryden County Football Association, Ross Joyce. Ross, tell us a little bit about your role at uh, North Ryden. Hi guys. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, so Referee Development Manager for, for the North Riding FA. Um, been there since 2008. Um, and in, in a summary, basically, it's all things refereeing, so recruitment, retention, development, um, as, as the RDOs, RDMs will say, anything to do with an R comes to, to ourselves, really. Ross, I've kept an eye on lots of county FAs across the country. I feel it's my duty, really, just to, the, to keep an eye on it, and people criticise us because we jump on the negatives. But you're, you're definitely one of the ones that you know I've identified, and I've, I tell many people that you definitely shine a light in in the, in the development of referees at grassroots level in your role with them. And I've seen some of the things that you put out on Twitter about the development days and the stuff you do and your engagements. You work with Ref Live as well, which I know Nathan Nathan works with, who seems to be a really forward-thinking you know, way of using um, technology. So do you want to have a little bit of explain about your Ref Line, mate, and, and welcome to the podcast? Yeah, thanks for that. So, yeah, we, we obviously, the county, first and foremost, I'm supportive you know, by fantastic referee development, volunteer workforce, that, that's, that's the most important thing. Um, I'm fortunate that in the, the role that I have, that, you know, it's, it's my sort of paid job, but I have great support um, network. You know, we have around 12 um, you know, members of that team, referee development team, who are in roles where they, they take on, you know, day-to-day responsibility of refereeing. So from things from pointing to mentoring to, to coaching, um, and, and various other roles. And then we have a wider team. We have around about altogether about fifty people. So mentors, observers, coaches, tutors, who you know support what we do. And I guess we have built that up over a number of years um, in terms of you know the, the, the development, retention, recruitment, referees. So we, we do lots of things. As you mentioned, we you know we have a close knit team despite the numbers. We, we work hard. We try and provide all referees with that, the support. Um, that they need from when they, you know, they take up the whistle from, from the initial course right through to, you know, some of our more experienced referees, um, who've been with a long time. So we, you know, we, I see a lot of things where people say, well, it's only young referees or new referees get supported. Well, actually, we believe in trying to support all referees because fundamentally the, the, the majority of referees we refer to them as they're the ones that go out there week in, week out, um, and, and support grassroots football. Um, so we need to support them, you know, equally. As we do with our sort of ambitious referees coming through the system, who you know we have core groups who want to progress within the game. So yeah, we have a workforce. I think it's around 400 referees, and we've built that up over the years. And I think it was 2008 when I joined, we had about 260 um, when I took over. So the, the the support team that I've got, you know, they, they deserve all the credit for that because they go out there week in week out and they, they mentor the coach. I mentioned we are yeah. you learning? We use the ref live system as you mentioned there. That's a new. Um, initiative we brought in in September 
last year, you know, throughout the lockdowns, um, where it's a wellbeing questionnaire. So basically after every fixture, the referees get the opportunity to provide some sort of feedback from that particular fixture, which allows us to capture, you know, in live, um, live time, what is going on out there. So if we've got a, a problem with a referee, for example, who's experiencing some bad experiences out there, we can offer them the support almost immediately. Really. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of things like that go on. Um, but like I say, that we're only able to do that as a county FA through our, you know, volunteer workforce who, you know, the majority of them receive expense payments and an honorarium at best, you know, the, the really, um, you know, the, the, the really integral of what we do really. Yeah. I, I think a lot, a lot, there's an army out there, mate, and of people who, who don't want money to help referees. But from our, from our, our point of view, we but um, well, our no one earns a penny out of, out of what we do. We, we've got quite a big, uh, learning force with regards to coaches, mentors, and other stuff we do. But I think what you've done, you, you've put it out there really positively, you know, really proactively about, about what you do. It's like you're playing with your graphics and all those little touches that, that, that I see you do. It just seems, you know, you're so far ahead of, of many other counselors out there. But are you the longest serving RDO on that day, Waterford? Has left Liverpool. Are you the longest? Are you? The granddad of the RDO. <laughs> I think somebody mentioned that about a month ago in DFF. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. It's 13, 14 years coming up, so it's been a long time to be fair. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of time, mate, and a lot of development, and, it, and it's wonderful to to see, you know, you know what you do and, and how you do. I remember right back to when we had that um, Bill Caspi, the the older bloke who got pushed over in the cup final up your way, and I remember we were getting a lot of stick because we were putting videos out there of people getting assaulted and people saying, "It's not that big." And and I remember that you, I think it was you, you, you put a photograph of you and. Bill was Bill was in the sling, wasn't he? And you put it out there and you said, look, I've been in touch. And I think that was the first four those years ago. Was that three years ago, mate? When I thought, you, you, you're different. You're, you're doing the right thing. I think, yeah, I think the Bill incident, yeah, that was oof, probably five or six years ago, I think it was. Yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that, that one. Yeah, so, so Bill, again, is an example of one of our sort of, you know, the seasoned referees been with him for a long, long time. Just probably, I don't know, 800 games a season. Um, great guy locally, well, well known. And, you know, we had that unfortunate incident with, with, with Bill, which again, it, the local football community, it sort of really, you know, it, it got a lot of national sort of coverage, as you're aware. Um, but yeah, I popped along to see, see Bill and, and, you know, he, yeah, he was, in, he was in good spirits in fairness to him. Um, and, and thankfully we retained him. He, you know, he took a bit of time. We got him back and he's out there now, um, on, on the local platform when, when COVID's not here, he certainly is. Yeah, well done, you. Make sure you pass on that regards to him. He's a really good example of what referees get up to. Me, so thanks for that. It's fair to say, I think North Riding is one of, if not the most progressive kind of uh, counties in terms of how you see and, and develop and support the referees. I had a question of, does that impetus come from within the county? Is it a local kind of thing to, to have that attitude towards referees? Uh, or is it a national kind of, you try this, we're going to try something else over in this county, we'll try something else down here, and we'll see how it goes. How much of the the um, ideas and, the, and the, the things that you roll out come centrally from the FA, and how much is kind of you guys going, do you know what, I've had an idea, let's try this? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, th- I think to be fair to, to the FA, um, there's lots of, and, and I appreciate there's lots of opinions on this, of what some counties do and don't do. I think first and foremost, in fairness to the FA, there's a lot of stuff that does, you know, does come centrally. Clearly, the referee centre of development, the support of referees, um, you know, support of referees in, in bad times, like the, the 
sort of assault, you know, the physical contact. Um, I think a lot of the stuff regarding mental health, certainly last 12 months, the, the, the mental health champions that we're part of, you know, comes from the, essentially from the FA. I think in, in, in addition to that, county FAs obviously, you know, right across the country will take the lead on projects, you know, you know, and how they develop things locally to try and, you know, improve that offer to, to recruit, retain and, and develop referees. There's lots, you know, lots of fantastic county FAs. Obviously, we, you know, you mentioned some nice comments there, but in fairness to just the North Rand and all the county FAs out there who are really proactive as well, as, as you'll be aware. Um, certainly in the North, the ones I speak to, you've got the likes of Cheshire FA, um, you've got West Riding, we do a lot of development, you've got Manchester, you've got Lincolnshire, um, got Durham, Northumberland, further afield, you know, Northumberland, you've just got a new RDO in there, in Matt Salby, who's come on and he'll have new ideas. Um, there's, there's lots of good practice, you know, core events, training. Um, and, and I think, yeah, we, we, we do try and share ideas. Um, I think I mentioned to Martin a little bit earlier in the chat. And I think what we've tried, and certainly in the North now, we, we're having, you know, bi-weekly calls every couple of Fridays with the RDOs, looking at how we can work together, um, especially in the difficult times really to better support referees. And our plan is with the use of technology, you know, like Zoom and Teams, that we can, you know, continue this into the new season. Um, and, and, and try, you know, rather than maybe it's North Riding do one event, if it's online, let's try and work together. And, and we've done that, and, and so we've got some in place on our recent calls and that. So, yeah, there is a lot of good work that does take place. Uh, I think it's like anything, isn't it? That unfortunately, it's generally only the bad stuff that like gets sort of yeah. the NPR normally, but there's, there's lots of really good best practice that gets shared. Um, the FA throughout, you know, we have a, as RDOs, we have a, a sort of Teams page where we share updates. Best practices, so again, I mentioned about the FA, Dan, Dan Meeson, the FA, PLs, all the stuff with regular updates, um, you know, asking us to share our ideas and equally they'll return them and share with the county affairs. You know, I, I've picked a few ideas up in fairness with the county affairs that do stuff and vice versa. So the idea really is not to reinvent the wheel at all times. If something works, um, then let's use it. And, and our big overall goal, I guess, collectively is to, to retain more referees and make the experience you know that that much more better in you mentioned their sharing ideas and i just want to jump on this because it's something that i've noticed recently like i'm talking within the last four weeks that um referees associations and uh county fas have now started to say we're doing this development event online on zoom which i think because of covid and all this lockdown we've had to force ourselves into this digital kind of framework that we're all operating off now and that's broken down a lot of the borders. So now if something goes on in, say, North Riding, um, FA, you're doing a development event, it's now being said, you know what? You don't have to be a North Riding FA referee to join in in this event. And it's fantastic to see county FAs and, and uh, referee associations and, and others doing these events, but they're open to all referees. So it's not just we're developing our own referees. It's that we're developing all referees nationally. And that is something that's... You know, we've had a horrible, horrible 10 months, almost 11 months now of, of COVID and locking down and disruption. But a good thing that's come out of that is this this willingness to, to put on these events, these development kind of sharing of best practices and ideas, and then just to, to make it available for everyone. And I think that was missing before. And hopefully, as things get back to a more, you know, as they were before COVID, we'll continue to see that invitation to all referees that want to develop um, just be able to tune into these these events that uh, yourself and, and others do. 
Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's took a pandemic, hasn't it, in, in essence, to try and get that, you know, that use of technology. You know, we, we certainly, some of the work we did, our core groups, we would meet on a monthly basis and had our referees travelling right across the county from York, Scarborough, Middlesbrough, York, we travelling an hour, two hour round trips, a bit more a night, you know, we would have three hours with them, we'd feed them, we'd do a bit of technical on the, on the field of play, get them inside, video clips, speaker, et cetera. But I think what it's shown now is that when we do get back to that sort of normality, that actually we can utilise this this platform because you know you don't need to um, you know drive two hour round trip and night at work college etc. We can actually use the the, the the platform to share clips and I think like a lot of county FAs, you know great credit to them. Um, we've, we've been doing this. We've, we've been sharing the, um, the the function chat rooms, the breakout rooms. Um, you know to to, to utilise that. I think your point with regards to county FAs working together absolutely that, that's something that you know we. We just since last April, we we were fortunate that we've, we've had a, a sort of e-learning platform for about three years now, um, and we've obviously progressed that into the, the Zoom live sessions, and, and we've done that. And I know at the moment, because of the pandemic, there's a lot of county FAs, including our, ourselves, who've got staff on part furlough, so there's not always people around. So yeah, it's about working together. Um, you know, it'll help myself at times if I'm not around and, and don't have to deliver something every month. So maybe another county FA could take turn. So yeah, some great, some great ideas there. I'm sure that absolutely boxy chat is the great referee development, you know, network to, to do moving forward. Really, I think you just touched on it there, to be honest, Ross. And, and I had the pleasure um, of coming down to York and um, to one of your sessions um, with the third team, and we had a really great night and had the pleasure of meeting all the fantastic support staff that you said you've got, obviously including Andy Hemsworth, who obviously is, is a great guy, and I think you know we should. But definitely praise a lot of the work he does, which we see obviously on social media as well. He's, he's a great advocate. So I think um, I think what I noticed though, and you obviously touched again on, on feeding them and, 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 the, and the community that you build there. That's one of the really interesting things that I've found with coming to North Ryden and seeing the way that you've done it is is the way that there's that real community and that connection. You see all the guys in the green polo shirts and and just everything that really all about inclusivity. And, and I just, I know obviously that will have been something that you'll have introduced over your time as as, as, as now the longest serving um, referee development manager or officer. Um, I just want to know how much do you think that's helped the referees in terms of feeling connected when they're going out on their own, maybe sometimes on a weekend and now they can come back to these groups and network. Do you think you've seen an improvement in the way that they, they feel connected and feel like they've got more support from each other? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's an important sort of point there. I think what we what I've certainly done in, in the team of Dylan, we've we've tried to at all times not just you know referees pay the twenty pounds and, and become a number. That, that's not what it's about because ultimately, and I'm sure we'll touch on it a bit later, but we've got a football refereeing's got a really important part to play. Um, from mental health as you know, anything that you know I've sort of this rule not realised. Just you know, it's not just refereeing or games, fixture appointments. It's actually what it brings to it um, and so I think yes yeah, for me it's, it's creating that environment for, for our referees I'm you know as my, my chief executive and board director I tell you I'm constantly on for, them for funding and you know putting papers in for, for wanting more and more time and you know we, we I've got a great team and I think as you mentioned a lot of them do it because they love refereeing you know and, and equally probably while we get so much um, energy and effort out of people like Andy you know we have Jim Allen Kay um, Jeff Hartley Paul Stoker 
um, Matt Cottingham, you know, Jeff Mann, James and Anthony Morgan, the likes of the Phoenix, they won't be happy. Um, those are the, the the real the guys who are part of that um, you know that day to day stuff for me. Then we have the, the rest of the, the forty odd other people in that team who make it up who you know support the observations, you know the travel around the county FA, you know an hour in the rain doing reports. Well, yeah, we try and create that sort of environment where people feel safe. You know, they come along. We, we have standards. You mentioned with the, with the dress code. Yeah. We, we ask our referees to pay, you know, around £100 a season um, to, to get the, the, the groups, to get those kits. You know, we obviously would help anybody that couldn't afford it. Absolutely. We, you know, to be open, honest, we would have a price plan. We wouldn't single anybody out if they couldn't afford to do it, which we're happy to do. Um, but yeah, it creates an environment where they come along and feel safe. We have to provide that, you know, mentioned some refreshments, little things, you know, it's a sandwich, a bit of pasta, a bottle of water. If they're yeah. traveling and they're trained, they need to be fed and watered because if we want them to, to develop and feel valued, then we need to do that as a minimum. So there is cost involved in that and it, and it is tough at times with, you know, the budgets and et cetera. But, you know, we'll pull favors in from sports centers, you know, we'll, we'll provide them some referees sometime and make for us, you know, some food. It's about building relationships and, and ultimately we get referees who enjoy it. They want to come back. I think I heard, I, I spoke earlier, there were some comments about, you know, county FAs that just support the younger refs. And, you know, actually, we, we don't do that. I've given examples in my club where I've got, you know, referees who were in the 50s. We had a guy who was nearly 60 in it previously because these people want to develop. They want to, they want to get on. And, and our sort of our referee development team, we meet on a monthly basis. We, our big focus is the person. It's simple, the person, not, you know, the age, you know, things like that it's just about the person you know we've done some great work um the last couple of years our female referee recruitment where you know we've got almost 50 referees um in, in the county i think about three years ago we were probably 15 18 at tops so there's some great work there because we you know we've brought rebecca on board as our female referee ambassador we've got guy Mohammed Gethua, who's come on board as you know and supports that getting into the communities we've got a lot of work to do massively we, we, you know we've not We've got nowhere near what we need to do. We need to improve in, in, in those areas. We need to improve in, you know, how we make referee, refereeing accessible to, to people. I think the, the big thing for me is it's the majority referees, as you mentioned. So we, we do put events on. Um, what, what I have found in the past is that we put stuff on, but we don't get the attendance as such. So we need to really break that down and see why we don't. So hopefully we're going to use some of the, the online, you know, Platforms, we've got the referee plat- education percent that we have where we put modules on there on different topics. And we've actually seen a bit of an uptake in that over the last 12 months. Mm. Um, so we're hoping that's going to help. But yeah, ultimately, we just want to make referee accessible, want to make people feel valued, feel supported. If they have a problem, that they're, they're open and honest, speak to us. There's no, no, have an opinion. Simple as that. And, and that, I think that's why we've created that, you know, that, that area. There'll be some referees absolutely that I think we don't do um do enough. There'll be some referees that don't rate what we do. I, I would always acknowledge that and like I say I always invite people to, to come to us and, and and offer opinions as you say to, to how we can improve really. Now, I, think, I, I, I think you're doing a really good job on it mate and, and I've I've seen loads of graphs where there's like a a thing of ages and when it bends down like this and that's like that age that we sort of want it 18 to 20 five sort of was there's a peak at, at the start and it drops down and it goes back up again when people stop playing and i'm glad to see that that's coming up a bit more and i think that that's about engagement and, a, and how you engage and i think it's um it's important that we we offer the same training to everybody and and when we we and i love the whistle documents five years ago 
that we sent into um, government and, and the FA was about many things from, from banning orders, the body cams, to the assaults, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And it, one of the things that wasn't really mentioned as much as it should, in, in my opinion, is the fact of, of how the training is framed in regards to engagement. For instance, and again, you, this would be where you could really help me here, mate, is you can take a box to say, I don't want to be involved in promotion. And that means you don't get assessed. Is that still the process? I think it's, 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 the question is, yeah, clearly the, the, the referees who apply for promotion in terms of the referee promotion system, so seven to six, six to five and five to four, as we know it as, Absolutely, the county FAs. We, we, we average, I think we average about 30, 35 promotion candidates mm. in our county FAs. Some of the big county FAs speaking to, to referee colleagues that they will maybe get 40, 50, 60. The, the big, um, challenge is resource. Um, it's to staff those games because if you need three, three observations for, for some promotions and five for the five to close, we need the best part of 120, 130-ish observations a season. So you've got your workforce. You've only got so many people. A lot of people's workforces in county FAs, as you're aware, do dual roles from the referee, the coach, the mentor. And that, that's the sort of the, the real, you know, the, the real challenge for the referee is they have the same people. So that, that's where the, the, the resource goes. What I will say, I know a lot of county FAs, and we try and do this, and do we do it enough? The answer is probably no. Do we get out there and, and observe, as you say, as we would class it as the, the non promotion referees? The answer is probably not. Isn't, as many that I'd like to do or we'd like to do with the team because of resource, et cetera. Um, what we will do is I'd never ever get to a point in our county FA where if we had a referee coming to us, it was a non-promotion rep and they needed some support, um, then they would not, the answer would be no, you know, we would say no to them. We would, we would arrange that. So we've got a mentoring program. If we had a referee who, you know, is getting a number of comments from clubs where they feel need some development, we'd arrange that as an advisory, which I know a lot of county FAs do. Um, the, the big challenge you see is getting all referees. So if we had 400 referees in North Riding and we were to try and observe all of them, we simply haven't got the resource, you know, yeah. to do that. Yeah, when, when I was going with it, mate, is, um, you've obviously seen where I was going with it, is the fact that, you know, if you're going to always, how many referees in your county? For 400. Oh, I say again? 400 referees, 400, yeah. And only 30 are getting assessed because of the, of the promotion cam- campaign. So, so what, and this isn't, isn't it having a go at you, absolutely not, it's the process, is that effectively you can tick a box and you don't want to go in for promotion and you can referee the rest of your career and, and you're not obliged to have any form of training or CPD events. I know some of the law updates um, become compulsory. So what I've always thought is a duty to the teams as well as the referees is that there should be some way of saying to a referee, particularly now you're using RefLive and online stuff, if you don't get some form of CPD or update, then you can't referee. And I know that's going to be counterproductive in the short term in regards to, you know, the numbers might go down. But like, I go out and watch people, you know, I'm in the football business as well with, with my other businesses. So I'm always going out and seeing clients. The amount of referees I, I see and I just think that they just haven't, they haven't been updated. And what's always worried, worried me is that you get a young referee who's, who's, who's in the system or any referee in the system of promotion young or old, who's up-to-date on law, up-to-date on all the modern practices, got a good relationship with yourself and your mentors, and they're doing the job properly, and they get the stick because the lads before them 
who haven't been updated and doing other things. And it was interesting what you said that if you get lots of adverse marks, that you follow that up. I think that's really important. And I didn't know you did you did that. And I think that's brilliant because I've asked right up to Southern League level and conference, like always called it conference national league level, is that when when someone comments on it, teams are coming to me, because I work with teams as a charity as well, give them advice on reports and stuff. Is they if they say like um, well, it's just refereeing completely different to every other referee we've had, or you know, they're, they're just not engaging in regards to to up, upskilling. They're just not obliged to. And just at level four and above, you could do it. But once you get to that level of, you know, before level four, the majority of old referees are going to be level fives. If they just tick a box and say, I don't want to be in a promotion, technically they can just go to the rest of their career without any. I think that's wrong. I don't think the county FA should be allowed referees to let that do, do it to them. I think you should be able to say, well, look, if you're not going to get upskilled, you've got a duty of care to give our, our teams the best updated skills referee that we can, and you're not participating. So, therefore, we're going to revoke your, your registration. Well, it's, it's an interesting, it's a very, it's a topical one, and it absolutely gets brought up. At, you know, in fairness, referee development meetings. You know, I think there's been conversations on it. Should referees, you know, need to have an annual CPD development before they re-register? Personal opinion is, I wouldn't fall out with that. Um, and the big challenge is the number of referees. You look, you look in the country now. I think the, the figure the FA produced a week or so ago it was around thirty thousand. Um, it's the challenge to get that ruled out. What I will say, and you mentioned it, 30 referees in North Riding get um, sort of observed, absolutely. But in addition to that, we have 60 in our core programmes that get coached. We get a further 130 reps we train a year on the new courses, get some sort of mentoring. Not every, you know, we'll all get sort of two or three arms because, again, the resource, but we'll get provided with a mentor, point of contact. You know, it'll be the same people, won't they? Some of them. And that's again, yeah. Will be involved. Yeah, they do different roles. So it, it, like I say, it's back to that workforce, you know, supply demand. What I will say is we've got our referee education platform we brought in I think three, four years ago where we produce some, you know, online development. So if people don't want to attend, then they can go on the look at report writing, look at the laws of the game every year. We produce a module that we email out. If we get a report of a referee equally who has some, you know, some bad experiences and we get two or three reports, you know, that'll go into our referee development team. We'll review it. We'll, we'll offer some support from basically from the, you know, the referee's well-being, most importantly, but also to look at the performance for the club because we have a duty of care, as you mentioned, you know, to make sure referees don't just go out there, pay the, the, the registration fee, not doing the job because that creates, as you say, that, you know, referee goes the week after problems and, and vice versa. But I think what we also do is if we get a report because we've produced an online guide, um, and so we've got some content. If it's around, you know, recognizing what the careless, reckless challenges, we've got some modules so we can email a link saying, you know, hi, Martin, please have a look at this. It may help you. We've, we've done that. Could we do it more and, and, and spend more time on it? Absolutely. I think it, that's the challenge of the, it's how we, how we deliver that. But I certainly know again from the meetings we've had with, with the referees department, the FA, they are certainly looking at, in, in, you know, and I think it would have been by now if it wasn't for COVID is they are looking at producing some more standard content. So if you're a promotion referee, if you're a non-promotion referee, there's some training that can be delivered, um, you know, in person, probably more so now with the use of, of these technologies to be delivered because we want that consistency, don't we? And we want referees to feel like, you know, just because they're not in a promotion pathway that they don't get supported. Mm. What, what just, and I guess another thing on there, what I do find interesting, we get, when we offer our general training events, more so when it was in person, the, the same people seem to attend. Mm. So we've got to look at ourselves a little bit on that and we find that maybe some of our season referees don't, you know, 
they want to come along. That's that's not a criticism because there's different reasons for that word, life, family, get that. So we have to be really careful do we manage it or not. But I think the basic, um, you know, sort of an offering of annual, you know, three or four hours of seeing would, would yeah. be a good, good move. I think it would be, mate, because what happens is you get the stick as a county FA, and that's not fair on you guys. And, you know, I know we're, we're a referee channel team and we're all pro referees and we should be able to defend referees. But I don't accept that over a period of two years, you haven't got a couple of hours to go to, a, to a, an upskilling event to, to do modern practices. I remember talking to someone, just something simple as this. I remember talking about this signal here. You know, where you go like that. And I said to them, just a, a few referees. What does that mean, lads? And there was three different things. There was ball moving. There was already up to the goalkeeper. There was there was substitution, all the same thing. And you were like, I said, well, look, there should be standard sort of advice. Little... That could help you at the Premier League right down to the grassroots referee. I should say, for the, any people who are listening on the audio, Martin, that you're rolling. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. For those, <laughs> who, are watching, for those who, who are doing it. And it's, it's a hand gesture where you do your fingers around, around each other for ball movement. So, because there's little snippets out there that, that could help help referees. Yeah, I think, to, to be fair, you know, we, we share clips, you know, and I mentioned to the neighbouring county, certainly from, you know, you look at like Ed. Uh, Cheshire and the referees on officer Nick Dunn, the Kentucky, you know, someone further afield. These, the guys that produce things, you know, you've got Aaron Bannister, Sheffield Hampshire, the one who, who, who provide content, Alex Clark at Durham, that we, we share things, you know, it's, it's pointless me always trying to find clips on one subject, careless challenges, yeah. and then them doing this. And we try and help each other a little bit, we'll share things. We, yeah, the workload as well. Yeah, it's good. And like I say, it creates that thing where actually, What's the point? Me just using it for a number of referees. They might as well use it in their, their counties. So a lot of, to be fair, a lot of that work, and, and obviously you don't get to hear about that because it's good news. <laughs> so a lot of good stuff does go on, and, and I think it's how how them county FAs you know, utilise that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of positive, you know, stuff like that going. But yeah, I, I think back to the initial point. I think in terms of you know referees having that annual, you know, before the registration form of personal development. Yeah, I think that's something which I think to be fair, referees themselves, I've had referees come to me saying I think we should we should have that. Um, you know, clubs will will say, well, we should have a referee that knows the state laws of the games because if they don't obviously have the knowledge of the law, they don't apply them correctly and it causes issues. So yeah, it's it's, it's a really uh, really good point. And when I when I when when I first started writing uh, the third team blog which uh, a couple of weeks ago, I produced the um, the seventy fifth edition. But one of the first ones I wrote about was was the support schemes that RDOs and RDMs such as yourself were putting in place. Uh, I wrote about the socks. I wrote about the t shirts. I wrote about the armbands. And you were really uh, sort of right at the very beginning of this scheme. You're a, sort of one of the pioneers of that. Um, one of the first counties to roll that out. Now that we're sort of a couple of years down the line, and I appreciate that this season has been a lot of interruption and things with the, with the, with the virus and the way things have been. But what do you think the impact of, of that's been? You've had the armbands, haven't you, for the under-18s referees? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Nathan, the, the, listen, the armbands, we weren't the first county FA in fairness. We had a, there was a few, I think, um, I think it was, it was Kent FA and Nick. We, we saw the idea from fairness. But we, yeah, we, we brought it in quite early. Um, when we first put it out there, there was a lot of... Um, People think it's just a you know, tick in the box guy exercise, you know, to, to, to sort of do that. I think our sort of thought process was, was well, a number of four really. One is most important to identify those referees who are under the age of 18, um, to make 
people on the sidelines, so coaches, parents, spectators, players are aware that we've actually got a, a minor in the eyes of the law. Um, and, and the second thing was to create that, as you say, that sort of, you know, that, that, that sort of social media, that, that, you know, real campaign that they were there. And then we, we wanted to work with them. And we, we tried to um, promote the benefits. What we've actually found in the early days is a lot of our younger referees, certainly ones, you know, that were quite tall, you know, six foot, et cetera, maybe looked a little bit older. They, they felt that actually it, it sort of belittled them a little bit. We try to explain to them. It wasn't the fact that, you know, if they, if they were tall or whatever, but it was actually about them making them know they were under the age of 18. So as you say, we're, we're, we're a few years into it now. Um, and what I will say, we've actually just, as we speak now, we've got a question out there, which is put in this week, where we've asked our referees to give honest feedback on the armbands. Yeah. Um, I think we had about 50 odd people now completed the survey that I checked earlier today. And to be fair, quite a lot of people have put some positive comments. So we'll have some research and, and a, you know, review on that shortly. But from what we're hearing is, yeah, it has proved good. And we're finding that welfare officers at clubs have come to me saying, great idea. Because I tell my managers now that we have to be really careful because if anything happens, that young referee gets said to them, and they've got a yellow armband on, you can't really miss it, can you? Yeah. Um, then, you know, we have to be really careful. So we've we found a real positive experience. We have, what we've actually found is clubs and welfare officers, even managers themselves, taking it, you know, taking their own um, sort of lead on it to actually be careful what they do say to them. Listen, I think we're, we're never going to stop things getting sent at the moment, but I think it, it's put that little bit of a safety barrier in there. And it also certainly helps at our point of view, at our end, when we get a report from a young ref. Um, and it goes through a discipline panel, and then it goes to our referee, you know, our welfare manager. Um, she's then able to look at that, and then it goes the discipline route and the safeguarding route. And we've had a few referrals to the FA um, around the behaviour. But I think a lot of it's education, because we really you know we can find people, etc. But a lot of it's education. And, and you know, I, I personally, from the feedback we're getting, we found it really positive. I think what we need to do, we need a little bit more time on it in the next year or two to see, you know, how that develops. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been positive. But do you think it's given them a bit of a breathing? Do you think the referees who are obviously wearing the armband, it's given them a bit extra breathing space to develop their technical skills as referees without having to worry about some of the sort of um, descent and potentially even sort of physical abuse as well as, as verbal abuse. Yeah, I, I certainly think that's the case. I think I think a lot of referees will. We'll, we'll see the, the impact. Let, let's, 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 be, let's not be naive on this. It's not going to be the end of the world. You totally are around and everyone be quiet. If that yeah. be the case, then that'd be great. But I think what it does do is it actually, it makes people think. And we, you know, we give our referees in the training events that we have our refereeing courses. We, we give them the laws the of the game. We give them the practical sort of, you know, development that they need. And then the big, you know, the big bad world out there, what they need to say, what they need to do, little, you know, snippets of stuff and, and maybe before the game, explain to the managers and the, and the side, I'm actually, I'm under 18, I've got the armband on, just little bits in there and, and hopefully that little sort of, you know, little comment may support them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it, and it's certainly from the club's point, we, we, you know, on our social media, we often put the posters out, the flyers, we, you know, we're going to do some video work ahead of next season where we get some interviews out there, hopefully some quotes to put in dressing rooms if we need to. And it, I guess it's all really working together collectively because you know, contrary to what people believe is, you know, and they say all referees get a bit of verbal abuse, etc. But actually, we get a lot of people come to us. I've actually had just before the um the, the, the lockdown, the first lockdown, I think it was February, about a year ago, really. We had actually a manager, Jenny, who's our welfare manager, myself, actually had a welfare manager, sorry, welfare officer at the club, actually come to us 
and report one of their own managers that the referee hadn't reported for verbal abuse. And we, we were we were astonished. We couldn't believe that somebody actually had said, I'm unhappy and they put a report and in the end, it ended up with a charge. That specific person gets investigated, contacted the ref and the, the, their own person got charged. We, we couldn't believe it. And I thought that is so positive because actually the work that the welfare department are doing as well is actually telling people that's unacceptable to young people. Yeah. And that person felt like it was totally out of order. And I thought that's really good because that was your own team, it wasn't opposition, it was your own team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's like I say, it's a good, good step. Um, we, you know, we keep working on it, we keep reviewing it. And I know it's the, the couple of county FAs that have come with different colour armbands and there's t-shirts, but some actually put training referee. Yeah. Other than just under 18, which again, I've not, you know, not looked at that, but things that yeah. help. I think Durham put where in addition to the yellow under 18s, they've got a red uh, new referee for a newly qualified referee who is over the age of 18. Yeah, that's true. It's Clark with uh, Durham, yeah. So it's, it's another great thing to do, isn't it? So you actually, you know, um, but yeah, there's lots of good stuff out there. So, you know, it's all shirts and uh, is it neon socks as well? I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Gloucester, Gloucester um, started doing that. There was a couple of people we knew. There was a guy called um, Brian Jory, football league line. He was involved with a league and he was, um, they, they got together with a couple of other people, Nigel Newport Black, apparently brought that in. But my question on that, mate, which I'm not, not sure you can um, really answer, but it's just my, my opinion on it. Is um, there doesn't seem to be a cohesive approach to it. It's something I I, I flash and I know we're going to go on to assault and I mean I know Anthony wants to talk about assault and how the records and all that sort of figures and stuff. But but to me, one of the problems about a cohesive approach is exactly what you've just said, Nate. And I'm not throwing you under the bus here, mate. You got one county doing coloured socks, one county doing coloured shirts. One county doing purple armbands. One county doing yellow armbands. I've got no idea why the FA hasn't gone to all of and said, this is what we're going to do. Purple shirts have their own, their own uh, problems because then if someone's plain and purple, what you do? Because I'm in the business of, of sports clothing. There's lots of colours out there similar to purple. So I think that's a problem. Green then clashes with goalkeepers. And I just, I've always thought the armband is, is a really good idea and I'm all for it. I don't want anyone to think that. But there's just no cohesive approach and I just don't know why, obviously, you're all individual businesses and, you know, not for profits or whatever we, they all are. But I just think it would have had a far more better impact on really addressing the subject from a cohesive approach if the FA went to all years and said, right, this is what we're going to do. We all wear yellow armbands. That's what I, I think has been missed here. I think, yeah, listen, haven't you mentioned uh, you've got 50, roughly 50 county FAs in the country that their own, you know, their own enterprise, et cetera. I think that the difficulty is, is, you know, one size and fit all. It's the same as refereeing courses up and down the country. And, uh, shouldn't call it that. Yeah, a, bit abuse, a bit of abuse. You yeah. all want to address it. And I just find sometimes, well, if this isn't you, this isn't you, mate, you're brilliant. I love you being on here. Well, let's just get all those subjects out we want to talk about. I've seen it where one county FA comes up with an idea brilliant idea and the next county FA will go I'm not going to do exactly the same but I don't want to look like I'm copying them and you get lots if that's clear you get lots and what I get really frustrated by is that when there was a vote of no confidence in the FA all the, all the county FAs were all tweeting how wonderful they are so obviously someone had sent out some guidance and I did some analysis, analysis on it the number of tweets from county FAs went up, went up by about 200% 
when that vote of no confidence was going on in the, in the House of Commons. Now, if they can all be really have a cohesive approach against the vote of no confidence, why can't they do it with abuse? That's uh, this is not you. I think you're great. I'm just saying. I no, I, I, do, I think the comment with regards to you know to, to the armband is it a shirt? An approach. I, I, my personal opinion is, I, I don't think we. Yeah, I understand. Do we all have the same thing? So everyone knows. But as long as it's the same in that particular area, like County FS Road, it's a yellow armband in, in North Ryde. If, it, if, it, if in, for example, Durham, it was a red one. If in and a West Ryde, it was a purple shirt. I think as long as um, there's, there's consistency in that County FA, and if it's working, why why be the same? Refereeing courses is the same. You know, people say, well, one County FA, the cost is this. A different county effort that yeah. you know, and, and, and there's probably good reasons for that. We, we, we've debated this recently because you know, there's different costs of venues in different county affairs, there's different costs of, of living in different areas of the country. So, once what, yeah, what one size doesn't fit all, you know, in, in that respect, I think the most important thing is from from a from a, I guess from an FA perspective is and, and to the county is that we're all doing something which is most importantly having a positive effect on. On the, on the referees and it's working and I'm sure as Nick mentioned there he, he speaks to the through his business you know that that as long as it's working in, in those areas there's not a need to change it yeah okay mate thanks thanks much yeah so uh, well it's it's the whole the whole balance between how much do you want to be governed centrally by an FA that kind of says that imposes things that they want to see and how much you let the satellites, the the you know the county FAs, kind of be in- independent enough to choose whatever they want. Um, but I did want to just go back to to what the FA released a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they they put out um, a document. It was like the numbers in football, the numbers in our game. Uh, and one of the sad statistics in it was uh, seventy seven referees in the 2019-20 season um, were were assaulted by by a player or, or a spectator or a manager uh, and they were recorded there was a, another statistic that came out that there was as many referees that were assaulted but it went on to be not proven or there wasn't uh, it wasn't followed up or, or anything like that you put those numbers into the course of a season that's potentially two to three referees a week that are getting uh, physically assaulted and abused. We saw recently, obviously, the the spotlight that the top referees come under in terms of um, the the abuse and, and potential for for threats of physical violence on them. I'm just wondering what's what's the answer. I mean, in terms of a county FA, how much of a deterrent do you have to say right if if this happens in our county, you'll never play in our county again? Uh, in terms of the the FA, I mean, I know there was a case it was being. Um, it's one of the most popular across our social media pages with uh, Satyam Toki at the beginning of the season, if you like, the summer last year, who was punched three times and the guy that did it only got a five-year ban, which if you're a referee, I don't think that is enough to put off a potential, uh, you know, someone that's going to punch you and think, well, if I do this in the heat of the moment, it doesn't mean I'm never going to play again. It means I'll be playing again in five years. It's It's one of those things that, for, for referees that will watch and listen to this, what what's the answer there? Because we feel we need to be protected um, from something like this happen. You had the, the chair of the RA saying it's just a matter of time before a, a referee is killed. Uh, we had a, a guest on the podcast many episodes ago, uh, ago from Holland where an, uh, an assistant referee was killed by a, a group of angry players. Um, so there's lots of people out there that say it'll never happen. It's not as bad. And on the other hand, you've got people saying, look, here's an actual example of the extremes that it could happen to a referee. 
Um, so in, in terms of like North Riding, what, what's, what's your general experience of, of assaults been and, and where do you think we're going with it? Yeah, it's, it is a big area. And I think just to, to assure people, I know referees are the ones that, you know, we need to make sure that they feel safe in, in the role because obviously we want to recruit, um, you know, many more new referees once, you know, this, this pandemic hopefully, um, moves on. I think as you, you rightly mentioned, yeah, the, the, the numbers in terms of the, the 1920 season, the FA have produced that stat in terms of 77 referees, um, or, or 77 reports. Um, of, of an assault on a match official. I think what we've got to do, and we'll break this down a bit, we're really careful on this because that's 77, um, reported assaults. Now, there's a small number, I believe, within those 77 that were not proven, but for whatever reason, for me to go into that. But yeah, that, that, that's the stat. What we'll to remember on that is that was over 850,000 games that took place in that particular season. So we're looking at 0.01% of, of, of games where an assault has you know, it's, it's took place in essence. Um, the big thing is we've got to remember that for, and, um, um, every one assault is more than enough. It's absolutely, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's put that at all. It's absolutely, you know, I know the experience and, and, you know, and what the, the effects of those assaults, you know, um, have on the individuals, you know, personally, the young referee, I was subject to something similar where I put, you know, a, a punch thrown at me as a young, sort of 17 year old. So I've been there and experienced it firsthand. Um, and as Mark mentioned, I've also spoken to referees who have, you know, have been on the end of some, some of those things. But what I think we need to do overall is look at it in, in the grand scheme of things that it's, you know, it's 0.01% of, of that 800,000 games. Now, there's many, many more positive experiences that take place on a week in, week out basis. We don't often hear if it's good news. As I mentioned earlier, we, we all only seem to hear about the ones that are bad, but for, for, for the right reasons. So I think what we need to do within the game, and this is something to reassure people, is that the, the, the Football Association, um, and I've personally spoken, and, and I know you won't mind mentioning Tim Foster, as I know some of you guys now, some, some correspondents you mentioned with Tim um, in the FA, and also the Referees Department through PLs for our Dan Meese and the guys. There's a lot of work that is going on, um, you know, to, to look at these areas. Where, where, you know, when, a, when an assault happens, what we do as county FAs, as the FA, I think fundamentally for, for, for sort of North Riding, what we've brought in a number of years ago, we have a support hotline. Um, as, as you're aware, we have a referee support policy that I, like myself and the team implemented. So we have a, a number of systems. What we will do if a report of physical contact or an assault happens, that we will do certain things, get in contact, support them, offer a home visit, offer them a, you know, further call, keep them in touch, updating what's going on. I think what we've got to do most importantly is make sure that the person is, is, is being supported in those initial stages. You know, they've got the opportunity to speak. If they want a coffee, you know, come to the office, have a chat. That's all available. We'll come to you, whatever. Because un- understandably, that, you know, those, those cases are really bad. When you look at the numbers, as we mentioned there, and I think in terms of, you know, you mentioned two week nationally, if you look at those numbers, break them down. I think from, from a county effort, from my knowledge, we, we, we average at best one a season. I think we thought very fortunate some reason we don't, but generally it's one at best we get the season if we're unlucky. Um we have to offer that 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 safeguard as you mentioned and, and the support. I think what it then comes down to, I think after that for the referee, when you've been involved in that at first hand, is what happens after that. Because I understand that people look at the sanction and sometimes they're not happy. Um and at times could there be more. I think 
In fairness to the FA, and they've came out and said this, that they understand that that area of work needs to be reviewed. It needs to be monitored. Um, I think it's also fair to say that some of the, you know, the, is it five years, is it 10 years? I know people mentioned signed high, et cetera. I think in the current day now, if you go back 10, 15 years ago when players were signed high, um, the world has changed. The site has changed. I don't personally think this is a football problem. What happens? You know, you look at, Tennis, for example, now you've got players who are, you know, smashing balls, the the swearing at umpires, you've got, you know, you've got cricket, um, rugby. You know, I've got a friend who officiates to a reasonable level in, in, in rugby and, and does grassroots. He said he's seen a real decline in that game locally when, you know, rugby was, a, you know, come across as a, a game, you know, that was playing good spirits. So there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I understand that, you know, everyone will have views on it. Um, I think as referees, we're one small cog in the football production, players, coaching, et cetera, welfare. But I think ultimately, yeah, we, we, this is an area of work that needs to be monitored. We need to look at them. I know the FA have come out and they've said they are looking at ways of doing that. I know, and, and Tim won't mind me mentioning this, and, and certainly Pete Ellsworth and, and the FA is, they are constantly, you know, in dialogue. There's been a lot of work going the last 12, 18 months it's ongoing. I understand for the new season, the hopeful for the grassroots referees to have you know, some, some improved, um, supporting things in place as to what we do. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's not me trying to dodge the question. I think it's a really difficult one and I, and I understand referees out there. And I think what we've got to do, I guess, in the referee world is we've got to make sure that if referees feel like not supported by some of the sanctions and whatever, that we look at why that is and we improve. I don't think anybody's ever going to get what they want because if, if a player was to be given Certain number of games, five years, ten years. Somebody will say it should be fifteen, should be twenty, whatever. You know, it's like your your auntie or uncle give you a birthday card, isn't it? And you get twenty pound in there. You actually think, well, I should have thirty pounds. So it's a really difficult one. But I think what we've got to say, you know, to put on the record is we've got to support referees and we've got to make sure that they feel supported. Um, and and there's work, you know, by the FA's own admission and from, from county FA point of view, is we've got to keep working on that. And, you know, making that experience really. That, I'll, I'll be honest, Ross. That's fantastic to hear because all all throughout, well, you know, I, as a very active social media page for referees, I get a lot of the overspill. I think from the, the county FAs that don't support their referees to the kind of level that you've said that you do, which is which is great uh, for your referees, but not so great for mine. And then offering them those referees that do, do feel like they're outside of a supportive system. Um, uh, maybe I'm exposed to to more referees getting assaulted than the average. You know, you say in your county you had one a season, um, and I do get a lot of the the pictures and the reports and stuff like that of what happens to the referees. It would be fantastic um, if, again, we go back to centrally. If the FA could say, "Listen, we understand it's a problem, and we're looking at it, and we're addressing it, and we're gonna come up with the best way of dealing with it," because for the most part, it feels like the FA just go, ah, do you know what? We'll, we'll just not say anything. And then we'll say something a few months down the line when we've come to a decision, if they at least acknowledged that there there's an issue and then they, they understand the feelings and the thoughts of the referees in these situations, um, that, that would do a lot to alleviate the, the stress, the tension, the anxiety for a lot of referees, um, about stepping onto the field of play, knowing that there are, um, referees out there in certain areas of the country that aren't as supported as probably they should be. Yeah, I, I, 
It'd be remiss of me not to challenge these these statistics and all that. I'm not saying the lying and all that, but like I've, I'm very vocal about it. I get a lot of stick. The charity gets lots of stick because all we seem to do is is talk about the the negative side of refereeing, which isn't the case because we we will dig up the FA. And I've said I've said it on TV, I've said it on radio, I've said it in, in even in the Times newspaper. I've said these words. They can't claim that they know the, the bigger picture. They they just can't. Because that's only what's reported to them. I know for a fact that more than that just comes to me. And, and I'm not saying it's disingenuous by, by the FA in any way, shape, or form. The people you mes- mentioned, Mark Ives, Andy Ambler, Tim Foster's brilliant, Brian Allen, Danny, all of them, top, top, top people, got absolutely no problem with any of that. But it's a failed system because I know for a fact that people have come to me and said, I'm not reporting assaults because they weren't dealt with properly like the Satyan case. I'm not going to report assault because the bloke that Ed butted me is on my school run. It goes to my restaurant, I get spat at because I booked them. And I think it's until they own up to the fact that they're only, they're only it's like the tree in the forest and it? when it's cut down, if no one's there to hear it, it doesn't make a noise. It's the same sort of principle. The FA, in fairness to them, in fairness to them, can only go on what's being reported to them. That does not say it's a true reflection of what goes on. And then we have the disparity of, of County of Age just not dealing with it. Absolutely not dealing with it. Some like you and there's other, some brilliant ones like Manchester FA, Colin Bridgeford, brilliant, top draw chief exec, addressing it, bringing changes in that, that address it. But it's the journey, mate. We've just talked about it. From purple shirts to armbands, no cohesive approach, to how people are getting banned, to how people are getting dealt with adherence. We we led a campaign to get the, which was brilliant, Mark. I've listened to us and Kerry Savers dealt with it about children should not be be put in front of people who've just abused them, who've threatened them. And the FA's procedures was that they had to sit in a room and listen and get questioned by people who threatened them or swore at them allegedly. It's all that that's slowly changing, which is why we as a charity, and me in particular, We'll go out and flash these problems up. We've all had it from many refocusing events, from things like uh, the suffragettes with America Pankers threw us out in front of a bus. All these sorts of things that go in, in front of a horse. All these things that go on, Tiananmen Square. And there's always been a really negative, that's add positive outcomes. And I just feel sometimes we need to just step back, all of us, and say, look, we've got this information. You've got that information. Why are all these people just not wanting to come forward for different reasons? So the FA can't stand there and say it's 0.01% of a problem when it clearly, clearly isn't because they haven't got all the information, even though I will say they are genuine and trying to address it. I think, to, to be fair, man, you, you mentioned the stat there. I think that's just, a, you know, we're not, that's just a look at the, the bigger picture in terms of what is reported. So we, we put it into perspective because, you know, I, I get we brought in the ref life system that Nathan mentioned earlier. One of my reasons for bringing that in was that I wanted to see what the referees' experience was in our county FA in terms of their behaviour. So they rated teams on the behaviour sideline, spectators, um, and it was on a week to week basis. Because of lockdown, we had 99, I think it was, who referees between lockdown one and two who produced the wellbeing stat in that three or four week period. So we had some, you know, nearly 100 referees who completed it. So I was, when we got the data downloaded, uh, of that 97 um, 
referees and it was out of the 99 basically rated at four or five so it was good or very good behavior experience green we had two referees who were one was average and one was below one was a two i think it was um overall and there was no negative experiences there was a comment that they thought the behavior of one of the teams was what they shouldn't show a bit of respect nothing major not enough to report it so we had you know just over 100 referees complete that survey and the experience was really good so my, my spin on that was it was a really positive one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we do do is we do talk about the negative experiences, which which I say the ones that people want to talk about. Good news generally doesn't get PR'd as well as bad news does. But, no, but, you, but, you, but you're right what you say. I, I, and, and that's no good us coming up with anything because the referees will experience them bad, um, you know, them bad times. We, we can't, you know, we can't minimise those things because it's not fair. So I, I get that. But I think what we've got to be really careful is, again, not to... You know, to come and support a county for the FAs, that there's a lot of these things you mentioned where that particular one about putting new referees in that environment um, was addressed. You know, it was reviewed yeah. and it was changed. Absolutely. We've mentioned other things that have happened in terms of, you know, potential suspensions, etc. Yeah. Those are getting reviewed. They are listening. You have to be really, really fair and balanced on it, as you say. And, and I think by the FAs will have mission in the state of the power, in, in the county FAs and, and referees when we. There's always a way of improving. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody that I speak to, including Tim, Pete, you know, um, Dan, for the guys, you know, we have our meetings, our Zoom calls and we meet up is everybody in this game and, and you guys as well by doing this sort of, you know, podcast blog. We're all in it for, because we want to make the experience better, um, for, for, for referees. And that, that, that's what we're all trying to do. We're never ever going to get to a point, I don't think, because like I say, this is the, the whole issue we, we, we talk about here. Uh, not a football problem. They're a, they're a general society problem. So what we need to do is we need to really, you know, look at it all. And and again, I know you you we've had conversations and, and and we share on body cams. You know, people say, will a body cam um will that increase it? I've, I've I've listened to the reasons for them. I've listened to the reasons against them. And um, I can see both arguments. Absolutely. I, I've mentioned before. My, my my personal view is when we look at it all, there's there's no other football um federation association in the world that uses them. You look at the police, the traffic wardens, etc. Does it stop people actually doing what they want to do? You know, in, in, in the heat of the moment, they get red mist. Are they going to stop them? Probably not. But I, I do understand the argument. And my, my personal view is, if we are looking to try and improve that experience and, and try and you know create and we've got some funding or whatever is utilize that better by as Nathan knows the mental health side of the game, the, the, the mentoring. You know, the online training, you mentioned it sort of 10 minutes ago, mm. providing referees with a platform to do some CPD. There's all ways of doing that. And, you know, but, but I think it's for referees who watch the blog and stuff. It's just they count the FAs and, and you, you bring, well, I don't know the ins and outs. And I, you know, I'm not here to comment on the individual sort of cases. Yeah, but yeah. I think, I think all, collectively overall is, um, that if referees don't feel that they're supported, then pick the phone and speak to their county FA. You know, if they don't think it's the referee development, Officer manager, speak to somebody else in the, in the department, the football development manager, the chief executive, the welfare. Because trust me, I, I know from speaking to, to, to my colleagues, and they told me good saying that, but there the is support there. And if they, they don't think it's there, then they need to go further. Absolutely. Because every referee who we, as a county FA or the FA train, we want you to feel supported, want you to feel valued. And, you know, I, I, I get some referees who come to our county FA and say, can we come on your, on your, um, training nights? You know, we had a, a few guys a few weeks ago and 
I, you know, I've got no issue with that. I think we have to be careful on the numbers, you know, for, for delivery. But yeah, absolutely. Likewise, some of my guys and girls have, have gone on calls with the county FA, you know, that they've advertised something and they've, they've jumped on a call. I think it's about supporting people and, and making sure that we've, we've got that, that support in place. Doesn't matter whether you're North riding ref and you maybe just go to an event in Liverpool, yeah. Manchester, London. It's about the person making sure they feel valued and, and that, that's that, that's where we are. But I, listen, I do acknowledge. I know it's, it's a tough one, and, and I, listen, I, I get lots of correspondence and referees, you know, including out my county, I think, to be open and you know to be fair on it, where they don't, they're not happy on certain, you know, d- disciplines. I think just a very a stage further on that because a, a lot of people think, oh, well, it's the same county FA panels, or they don't know what they're talking about. But in fairness, against the FA, they've gone through a great piece of work over the last four or five years. I think Mark, as as you mentioned, brought this in, um, where county FAs now need to have on all their panels a non-independent, um, so um, person who's not a panel who basically you know is not from connected to the county FA. So we we in our county FA we promote that massively. Because we want somebody who is, you know, is sorry, independent or who on them panels who basically it, it, it can be objective on it. So you know they're not connected to either party. And I think the more we go on now, we're seeing more people, referees, but for assaults on referees or for physical contact, county FAs now need to report all those incidents immediately to the FA, so the FA can run them. And what the FA do is they chair. They have a, a number of chairs who specialise in dealing with these cases, as you mentioned. So it, gets taken out of the hands of the county FA. So it's an independent person leads on that. They chair it with, with people. So they're trained, they're developed. There's a more consistent approach to sanctions. Um, there's the, the sanctioning guidelines, as you mentioned there, which the FA put in place, which are there for county FA. So there's, there's lots of good work that goes on. And like I said, I, I understand, you know, there's, there's always improvements can be made, but we just need to be really fair and balanced. I keep saying that. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, balanced. Uh, because sorry to put the question, mate. Because it's I hear it all the time. I get it. People get in touch with us to tell me to put stuff on a Facebook page because they're scared of doing it themselves. I would say thirty percent of the content content I put out, someone else has asked me to do it. And, and why that is is because not all county FAs are blessed with an RDO like you, an RDM like you. They're not my RDO that I had. Hated each other. Absolutely hated each other. Not to do with refereeing. So I would, I would never go to him. And then we have people saying, and this isn't just one county of eight. We, we have, we have um, referees from all over the country saying the same thing. I've never had a cup final. I've never had a long service award. Not just one. There's this sort of thing that happens where if you fall out with an RDO, they'll hold that against you. I know you don't expect you to comment on it. That goes on. Just, just, just stop on that one because I, I think it's worth me calling on because I think to be fair and, and, and I, I do understand people will, will have things. What What's I would say is, yeah, it, 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 and listen, I don't know the individual case and, and you know, push, I'm not going to comment on it, but I think just to think of an overall view is I think in county FAs now, certainly in North Rhine, I know there's many other county FAs do it because I see it and we speak about it is county FAs are made up of, of you know, it's not just the referee development officer or manager. We in North Rhine, we have a our referee group, so no one person makes any decision. Now, I understand what you're saying, that there'll be things where you think, well, that person could influence whatever, but ultimately, county FAs right across the country have support staff, we have development team people, we have a committee, 
you know, this process. So if people do feel like that, and I, I keep saying, I, I guess in my county, I think some people may not be happy with decisions that we make. And, you know, we try and be fair. You know, everything's done. No one, per- I don't personally make any one decision over finals. It goes no, you don't know. No, well, you're different. Some county FAs, they go back to Colin Bridgman's, they're getting rid of referees committees and all kinds of committees. Because what you're finding is some of the some of the people who are on committees, discipline committees, referee committees, but also with the RA or similar, the RA has even got positions on council when the, when they, they don't represent the majority of the people in this country. The RA represents probably twenty percent of the referees in the whole country, but they've got a representation on, on the council, which I think is wrong. But I think what's happened is over the years we've just let it just go on where people complain where the I see it all the time. There's someone, there's a tweak off in County of Eight. Well done to this referee. We just got this game. When I know there's other referees who might have got promoted to a far higher level, but because that County of Eight had a fall up with him or him, it doesn't get pushed. And that's a realistic, that's real. I'm not saying you do it, mate. But what I'm saying is, we haven't got time and now we're getting more and more. How many County of Eight have not got an RDO now? Eight. That's going to go up. That's going to go up. And, and, but you've proved that you're in that role for the right reasons because you've been there so long. You're a wonderful, wonderful example of how it should be done, right? But that, but from our experiences, they won't moan to the, they won't go to a county of A and say, oh, that, that RDO is rubbish. They're scared of getting sent to the shy clubs, poor marking assessors to get put on them. This is, this isn't just a one county complaint. This is all over the place. Funny enough, not from your county. But yeah, but I think, again, man, I think, I think you're, listen, and, and I'm not privy, as you say, to some things, but I, I, we, we've come just in football, referee, we've come in so, you know, from, you know, you put that as politics, whatever, so yeah, far yeah, the yeah, game now is, is I'll be amazed, but from the audios and, and the county affairs that I know, there, there's a lot to, you know, and you mentioned a couple and I've seen stuff previously, but there's a lot of good stuff that goes on out there. <laughs> yeah, and I think in this day and age now, you mentioned referee committees, so right across the country, a lot of county affairs, and, and for the right reasons now, in, in the format referee committees were previously because county affairs were maybe a little bit, um, they weren't fit for purpose in the sense. So what we're doing now is, again, give the FA credit because the FA that I brought this in is a lot of county FAs now, um, are, are bringing in referee development groups who are representative of people. So we're looking at the, you know, the, the females, the BME, we're making refereeing diverse for the right reasons. We haven't just got a, a number of people on a panel, um, or a committee, sorry, who, you know, Looking at it from one perspective, it has to be diverse. We have to look at it and make sure everybody's got the opportunities because we want to make refereeing um, for the right reasons where everybody feels they can come and take a course. You know, we don't want it to be, you know, as it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. We're trying to make great strides yeah. in, in, in developing. So, listen, lots of things have happened in the past. I don't, you know, I get that. But I think what we need to do is look at the future, be positive. There's some good changes coming, hopefully. Um, the good thing is communication, as you mentioned, it's, it's, it's challenging speaking over it in, in, in that manner. But ultimately, we want to make those referees, and I get excited before I, I hear some of those points, we want to make sure those referees don't feel valued and support. Let's speak to them. Let's let's be open. We, we've just put, just the last thing on that, we've put a consultation group out there at the moment because I want referees coming to us. We've had some referees who challenge what we do. They're not happy. They don't think we support them. So I've put a, an opportunity out there for us to meet up on a quarterly basis where we'll say to referees, come on board, let's have your views. If you don't want to speak to myself or one of the development team, um, go and speak to your rep in confidence. It doesn't have to be named. Just tell us what your concern is and we'll look at challenging it. If we can change it, we will. 
Um, we had something recently where a lot of referees wanted to be learning training on a certain subject. So we put a module on referees were a little bit unhappy on the county fees. They felt that the clubs weren't happy on this mind, but the, the, the referees felt that our fees hadn't been updated for a number of years. And we got quite a lot of people who they put a, a good, strong case across. We looked at it and we increased them. Unfortunately, the COVID pandemic kicked in, so the county cups um, didn't take place. But we've we, we done that. We, we had a thing on mental health. Some referees felt we needed to put something in the lockdown, which we were already looking at. So we implemented, you know, map the science. We had Nathan involved from a well-being perspective. So we put some sessions on. Um, but yeah, we've just got to be open and honest. We don't always get it right. Um, we can make changes, but you, you, you're never going to please everybody. And that's, yeah, that's I'm going to pass you over to Nathan in a minute. We're going to get some light heartedness going on, but I need you to understand fully, absolutely fully, that I love what you do. And I know you're a brilliant RDO, and I know there's brilliant people out there. And you really are. I know you, you just don't know that sort of bloke. You're a brilliant, brilliant RDO. Many people can listen. And I know people have a go at me and us because we always go on the negative, which, which I'll take that. But there's always, an, there's always a little expression that says the squeakiest wheel always get the oil. And what I've always, I'll always do, I'll always keep flicking the ear and I'll always be saying how good they are. What I always will challenge is that when the message comes out from County FAs and the FA that all is perfect and it's not. And that's why I do what I do purposefully is that I like to put on a balanced view about things that aren't getting addressed. And I'll always put up about positivity. So when I do go out and I, I have conversations behind the scenes with people saying how wonderful you are, but the FA is one big machine. It isn't just the referees departments. And there's different departments of county FAs as well. Sometimes if one particular department isn't working well, I think we have a duty to be able to faster up. And I know you listen. I know there's some wonderful people in there, but don't just write us off because it comes from that support. Because I get a lot of information from other people in the FA. And before I pass you over to, to, to the other two, I just think it's great that, that you're doing it. And I want to ask you a really serious question before we pass you over to these two. Is black whistle or colours whistle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a black whistle man. For God's sake. <laughs> See, I, I thought you sound until now, Ross, but uh, you, you sounded like you knew what you were talking about, but now you just said that. Oh, Everything that's come before. <laughs> it's a very important question. It's on the nation, the nation's lips, that question. I think a lot of people get into refereeing. I know loads. I, I myself only got into refereeing because I was serving a 10-match ban. Because I was always a violent, violent individual. I moved down from Liverpool to here. I just thought everyone would have a look. And then, and then when I took the course, I realised what I didn't know about football. And all those years I've been a knobhead. But I was wrong. And I feel, I think... I know we've talked in the past about like, you know, players maybe taking, you know, a bit of a, a referee's course in some way in shape or form and, and county of A's going into clubs, you know, talking from referees perspective. And I know you I know you're big on, on all that sort of stuff. And I think when we look around it, I would say that categorically, the FA are doing some wonderful, wonderful work and we're fully behind them. County of A's are doing some wonderful, wonderful work. But if we were grading it out of like, you know, out of ten, I think they're near they're near they're near a six than they are nine. Uh, but I just know that they're trying to get up to nine, and and if we can help them get there, all of us coming together, I think that the, the game will get better because of it. Well, this is the thing as well. A lot of people question our motives, you know, the ones that watch this podcast. But the thing is, we all do want the same thing. Us, the people we have on as guests, uh, a lot of people watching, we're just passionate about getting the very best for referees. 
and then the very best for the game of football itself. That's that's all we want deep down, really. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think I don't think that we can ever say that there's anything that's sort of malicious. And, and the thing is, I understand a lot of, like obviously Martin's just spoken at length about why he does what he does. And, and I think that all that we try to do, and, and particularly when we're promoting things and, and maybe talk about the difficult subjects that we, we maybe don't want to talk about, maybe the unglamorous side of refereeing is because we would love to see an improvement so that, you know, if if uh, if we have children, you know, obviously aunt's just had a daughter there and if she decided to take up the whistle, that they wouldn't have to maybe deal with some of the things that we have in our career, really. It would be a neon whistle, though. She's not going to have one of these boring <laughs> black ones. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.